Hi, folks. Uh, no content warnings this week, uh, but a great conversation coming up. So there's your warning. Uh, the next warning is that we have animals, two of whom are trying just desperately to get in Ursula's lap. They are. And they love. They both love you. That's two hounds. Sergi is asleep in... I had to move the cat bed to the top of the bookshelf because that's where Sergi wants to sleep and I was tired of... Yeah. Anyway, so he's asleep and hopefully will not be causing problems. And yeah, there are other animals. They'll probably show up and there will be swearing, which is our final warning before we get started. We swear a lot. Hound. Mostly at the animals these days. You're in my lap, sweetie. I mean, unless I've got a particularly difficult problem for work. Yes, yes, I love you, Hound. You're very beautiful. I think we're setting a new record with a minute of of warnings saying nothing new. Hi. Who's your pretty hound? Hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 189. Wow. We are 11 episodes away from episode 200. This is thrilling. I am I am thrilled. That's, Hound is thrilled. Hound is thrilled. I mean, we're... Yeah. Since we didn't really... Since I didn't take a two-episode break, we're not going to land right on our week anniversary for the show this year, but I think that's okay. 200's a big milestone. It is. And we'll do a check-in with me. I've had a lot of changes in my systems and things in, like, the last couple months. So when we get to that interview... In a couple weeks, uh, I should have all kinds of fun stuff, because I've been playing. Um, And uh, this week is a mixed bag so far. Like, I had a great day Monday. Really got some stuff done. Had a great day Tuesday. Got stuff done. Today, I don't feel like I got jack shit done. I mean, I got some, like, I inched some projects forward, but I had a rough time trying to sleep last night. Oh yeah, last and, night was was hard. Yeah, and so I'm I I paid the price, right? Uh, I did record a guest spot on a friend's podcast last night, and yeah. I will be sure to tell you when that's coming out. It's going to be a month or two, and that's fine. Uh, we all have we're all sort of working with our own like backlogs and and pre planning. Oh yeah, uh, something I've been really good about planning. I have uh, interviews through April. Right now, I think I'm one shy of being able to say I have all the way to the end of April covered, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so I'll be I'll be looking for more people to do that. I have some ideas and some people I'm reaching out to. I'm trying to to I, I love you all and I'm so happy when you volunteer. I'm also trying to get some some new people on, and I have a great list of people already in the. The queue. In the queue that are just going to blow you away. Real excited about it. So, I mean, that's been my week. I'm hoping to go to bed early tonight, right? Finish recording, get this, like, in place, and then hopefully we can watch our cozy murder... Well, they aren't murder mysteries, but our cozy mystery, and then... Our our cozy British mysteries. Yes. And then... Yes. Uh, this is a cozy Scottish mystery series, right? Yeah. Well, technically, I believe Scotland is part of the British Isles, so it's still yeah. qualifies as a British thing, at least a little bit longer, until, <laughs> uh, depending on how the next Scottish independence the next referendum vote, yeah. goes. Uh, I'm rooting for you, people, if you can sort out your currency. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to make a note. The series we're currently watching is Hamish Macbeth. Yes, which is is old and. Also, the main character is 
kind of a sociopath. Let's. We're going to have to see what kind of character development goes on. Yeah, is, he... is, is this like like from the 80s, you think? Yes, or, okay. yeah, it's, it's right around the same, like, he's also... The... It looks like the 70s, but sometimes British television technology lags behind what would be the... Uh... Yeah, you, you can actually see in Father Brown where they had gained enough popularity that money came in, and the quality of the picture, and it went from a much more, you know, TV-ish to much more cinema, cinemagraphic. And it's like, oh, there's the point where they said, we should invest money in this. Yes. Or more money in this. So, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, we had finally caught up on Father Brown, which is my all-time favorite cozy mystery. Yes. Uh, this one, yeah, I think this one rolls back to the to the 80s, early 90s. Um, feels like it's set in the 70s or 80s, that's for sure. Yeah, we're and... and we're still early in it, so we're we're a little uh, kind of dude. Uh, you you can't. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. it wavers back and forth between. Yeah, this is great. It's wonderful. There are Highland cows in the middle of the streets. And, right, right, dude. You just did what? <laughs> yeah, and uh, the lead actor whose name suddenly I cannot remember is was also like the lead guy in the Full Monty. Wasn't he in Train Spotting? And he was in Train Spotting and Train Spotting yeah. too. So yeah, it's a little surreal. A little surreal. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, uh, my week was um, uh, similar in some regards. Actually, I had a super productive day, and then I had a I don't feel like I've gotten anything done day, and then I had today where I actually did get stuff done, and I moved mulch, and I finished up. Uh, a garden bed and yeah. uh, wrote and made over word count. And so, you know, everything's a mixed bag. Some days you get the bear, some days the bear gets you, some days the bear and you just kind of look at each other and grunt and, you know, go back to the coffee. So. I, I think part of mine is delayed fatigue. Uh-huh. Like Sunday, I mean, we busted ass on things this weekend. We did. We did. Right. Uh, this weekend was spent. Uh, uh, so you did accomplish a huge. Oh yeah, amount a this huge weekend. amount of. You should of thing, factor yeah. that in. This I is, should. I should. Yeah. Stuff that is very important to you, yeah. which is uh, uh, chicken fencing. Right. As we prepare for the arrival of baby chickens in yeah. about uh, four weeks. Yeah. So five weeks. We had to like redo oh. fencing so that chicks aren't you know getting out, and so that. Uh, uh, since we've had a coyote wandering around so that some of the younger hens do not jump the fence as easily. Yeah, it's, and uh, the only ones I've really seen jumping the fence regularly in the last couple of days since we put up the new fencing are the old-timers. Are the usual suspects. Yes, and yeah, the usual suspects. Uh, they have either proved that they can handle being outside the fence or they are... You know, they they will be God's chicken if they go. But, yeah, I mean, like, we're we're talking strong independent here. And uh, a shepherd came in, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and said, are your chickens supposed to be out? And I looked at him, and I looked at Shepherd, and I said, those chickens, if they want out, they're going to get out. Yes. There's, there's not much I can do about that particular group, which is... Essentially, Ninja, Strong, Independent, Amelia, and uh, Monique. But they've been doing it for uh, over a year now. Yeah. Like, Strong, Independent has always been like this. Yes. 
So yeah, so it's uh, you do the best you can to make a safe environment where predators can't get them. If they get out and go to the predators, at that point, you know, yes. you've done your due diligence. Yes. You tried. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, but yeah, so we did, I mean, a lot of work in taking down old fence and putting up new fence and... Driving it's, fence posts. Driving new fence posts and then walking the whole thing and making sure it was at least not going to, like, come up in the next windstorm and gates. and Yeah, so I think part of it is that I I was exhausted Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. Monday, I had some energy and I did pretty good, but I didn't go especially late. Yesterday, I was just going and then couldn't sleep. And that's the worst, right? To be tired and just be like, why well, I want to be sleeping now. Why can't I? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you, you've had a very productive week. Uh, you get a yes. day or two that's just like, oh, God. Like, I hurt. Yes. I hurt. Um, yes, hound. My eyes are exceptionally tired for no reason other than I stare at screens. Hound, you, you have not had a productive week. Well, you have. You have been productively yes. hound. So... Some I people have. who have also had varying degrees of productivity and want to tell you about it. Yes, and I have one of them right here. And who uh, is ready this? to go. This is the amazing uh you're a fan of hers and she is a fan of yours. Shannon Garrity, ah! the author of uh Narbonic, Skin Horse, Monster of the Week, uh The Dire Days of Willow Bark Manor. And I had a chance to sit down and talk to Sharon, Shannon and go through how she stays productive and gush at each other a little bit, fanned at each other for a Man, little bit. she and I came up in webcomics together. Yes. Like, literally, yes. at the same time, when I was starting Digger, she was already going on Narbonic. Yeah, and uh, there was, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, I, I don't, remember if that's on the recording but we talked a little bit about you know how we keep missing each other at yeah. conventions and stuff like that so uh, i have this fantastic talk uh coming up for you right after this One of my favorite web cartoonists on the planet. Oh, she's giving me a look now, too. Um, Shannon Garrity, who you may know from Skin Horse, you may know from Narbonic, and you may know from uh, Monster of the Week. And I can actually see, are those are those Narbonic-like stickers, or is that a cover of a, a print? Uh, yeah, you? that's a print that I did a while ago. Okay. Yeah, so, um, and we're just thrilled to have you here to talk about how you stay productive. And... <laughs> Can you do a better introduction of yourself and tell us even more about what you do? No, that introduction is rad. I am a cartoonist. Um, yeah, I, um, I used to do a comic strip called Narbonic. I currently do one called Skin Horse, which is a sort of semi-spinoff of Narbonic. 
Uh, I'd also do a weekly comic called Monster of the Week where I um, recap episodes of the X-Files. I'm doing the sixth season right now. That's what I don't always do. I am currently doing season six because it was a bonus uh, Kickstarter goal uh, for the latest set of Skin Horse books. Yeah. And um, I have actually a graphic novel coming out this year. Um, the Dark Days of the Dire Days of Willow Wheat Manor, which is by me and Chris Baldwin, another amazing webcomics person. And I'm very excited about that. That should be out in the spring. I am also a freelance editor for Viz Manga. Um, and I do a few other odd jobs here and there in, in the comics world. And I write science fiction. And you write science fiction, yes. Um, so, with all that going on, and I also know you're a parent and yes. all that stuff, yeah. Um, how do you keep yourself organized? <laughs> I am not very organized. I just like to work constantly. Um, I do have a, like, the thing about being like some kind of freelancer, which I am at this point, is that you really do have to juggle a whole bunch of things and stay on top of everything at once. So I do need to keep like a little to-do list of everything that's going on right now. But other than that, I basically just get by by constantly working. And the important thing is that I not drop any of the many balls I'm juggling at any given time. Yeah, do you do you have a um like I have a whiteboard over here. I I would have to move the literally move the monitor for you to see it. Um that has like I guess the episode state of who's appearing when and dates. Do you have anything like that for the big projects oh, that, or that would, that would make sense. I actually just have a notebook. <laughs> I just have a little notebook where I list all the things that need to be done and there's always plenty of things that need to be done. Um, I do, I edit, um, actually my workload at Viz is fairly light right now. I edit three manga and I rewrite two others. So um, I have to stay on top of where all of those are so that I hit my deadlines for that. So those I need to keep track of pretty carefully. Skin Horse comes out daily, so I just need to be constantly drawing it. There's like basically never a time that I don't have to be working on Skin Horse. And adding Monster of the Week right now has... Um, put a little more pressure on because now I have a weekly thing I need to get out to, but um, that one's, that one's moderately low pressure. Monster of the week was one of like many, it's one of several projects that I did that came out of me trying to multitask. And then it just turned into another big project that takes up too much time because I like to watch, you know, I like to have things that I'm watching on the TV or whatever, where while I'm uh, now on the computer, while I'm working, especially when I'm scanning artwork, because right. scanning artwork is very tedious activity. So I was watching oh, yeah. the X. I was for a while. I was watching the X Files while I was scanning artwork, and then I had the brilliant thought: if I start a comic about the X Files, then it's like I'm doubling my productivity. Because now every time I'm watching the X Files while working on my comics, I'm like making working on two comics at once. And this logic has led to me drawing like six seasons of X Files comics um, for basically no money. So it it was not a good i it was not a good productivity tip. The same thing happened for a while when I was watching. Um, I also like to watch horror movies. Um, oh God, yes, yes. Watched, they make the day go by. It oh. does. I've watched. I've, I'm sort of in a lull right now because I've kind of watched all the horror movies. I've run out. I have like a, I have about a three page list of movies I want to see, but they're not like available anywhere that I can see them. So now I've switched to watching some other stuff, but 
I got it. We need to compare world. lists because I think I might have the same list. You might because I, yeah, I might. I, I just constantly going through like you know I've gone through everything in the library and I'm going just going through streaming channels looking for the few things that are unavailable. It's mostly pretty obscure stuff at this point. Like for a long time I hadn't seen Wolfen, which is weirdly sort of fallen through the cracks on like streaming services and stuff. But I got a DVD of that from a friend, so now I've seen Wolfen. Anyway, um, but I was watching horror movies, and then I thought, you know what would increase my productivity? If I did a daily blog where every single day I told people the correct horror movie to watch for that day. (laughs) And so that's how I started doing this blog called um, Horror Every Day. I did that in 2018, and um, I had the correct horror movie for every single day. I, I, I... Matched every day, like every day to some holiday or historical event or something <laughs> that would match it up to a horror movie. And obviously that was, that was really increasing my productivity, productivity ma- mass, massively. Cause now, now I'm doing a comic about the X-Files. I'm doing a blog about the horror movies and I don't understand why I'm not making more money. <sighs> Patreon, man. Patreon. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Patreon <laughs> <laughs> so, is enormously helpful. Patreon has saved my life. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, and and for good reason. Oh, wow. just okay, for the, so, oh, yeah. But do you do you want to know what the correct horror movie for today is? What is today's correct horror movie? I'm glad you asked. Um, today is February fifth which you may yep. may or may not know is um, National Shower with a Friend Day. And that means the correct horror movie for the day is Psycho. That would be the correct horror movie for the day. That's yes. right. See, my, yes. my, my system works. So what's the, yes, what's the correct day for Mandy? Um, actually, I don't have Mandy on the list because it did not come out at the time that I made this blog. Okay. Uh, I would have to put a pl- – I would have to – I'd have to match it up to a date. I mean, it just obviously doesn't have every horror movie. It just has the correct horror movie for each day. Right, of right, right. You can watch I other horror to, movies. I, yeah, I, I had to ask. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I actually I do have other Nicolas Cage movies on, on the list. I think I have Nicolas Cage's. I think I have. Um, I'm going to have to double check this, but I am pretty sure I have uh, Vampire's Kiss for Nicolas Cage's birthday. Yes, yes, I do. Nicolas yeah, Cage's okay, birthday yeah, is yeah. That's when you watch Vampire's Kiss. But you could also watch Mandy on that day or Color Out of Space, which is also oh my really good. God. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, as a longtime Lovecraft reader and horror fan and Nicolas Cage fan, that may be the, the one that I just like, oh, my God, they finally got it right. Or as close to right as you could possibly I get. I love it so much. It's also important to me because at one point I did a long list of um, – color schemes in horror movies and there were not enough purple horror movies and that movie just really upped the game for purple horror it's the purplest horror movie oh yeah well it would it would i mean that kind of falls back to the original story too so yeah it's which is why to, yeah. i really liked it yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a great it's a great movie and i really i mean i recommended vampire's kiss but you could watch any any nicholas cage horror movie on his birthday <laughs> But yeah, that's no, um, that's that's why I'm not. That's how the story of how I'm not very good at productivity. I'm I'm working hard rather than working smart here. That's okay. You're not the only one who does that. Trust me. Um, so we've talked about all of that stuff. Are there any like 
there have to be like systems and habits and routines that sort of go. It can't just be here's a mishmash of stuff. And I mean, it could be. Uh, do you just like go to what's first on the list and work your way down it, or or do you have like a system or, or something like that? I kind of. I mean, I generally. I mean, I tend to do the stuff that's due before the stuff that's not due. But I can't say I'm always great about that. And it is really easy to let things that don't have a strong, de- uh, like a solid deadline, fall by the wayside. Um, but um, a lot of the things I do, like most of the projects I do are ongoing and cyclical. Like I have to get the manga out at a particular time. And I have, I'm also, I edit um, the review section of Otaku USA magazine. I edit the manga reviews. So those have, that issue has, <laughs> that the new, the issue, the new, I have to time those to go with the issue. Um, right. Horse every day. Um Monster of the Week has to come out every week for right until I finish season six, and then I got another break. So I mean, there is a schedule <laughs> to it. The thing that tend what tends to yeah, what I tend to lose in doing that is the things that don't have a schedule. And I've gotten I would like to be working more on some of the projects that don't have a strong deadline. It can be hard to like sit down to do that and feel that I'm being responsible. Right. I got a phone in the background. I ignore that. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I'm actually getting like alerts from Slack on one of the machines in this room, and I'm like, I can't really answer right now. Plus, I'm technically off work. Um, <laughs> the only people who ever call me are are my husband and my mom, and they're probably they'll probably be okay without me for a minute. Anyway, yeah. so getting back to this, um, I I do have a problem with the projects that don't have a strong deadline falling aside, especially personal projects. I can feel like I'm being selfish by pursuing a personal project when I have um, various other jobs, freelance jobs to finish up. So um, I've actually fallen behind on writing my own fiction, writing fiction for the last year or so. And that that's a big part of that's probably quarantine. I have like no time alone to like just sit and write. And it's really everything else. I'm actually, I'm very good at blocking out outside stimuli so everything all other kinds of work i can do with like kids running around in the background and tvs blaring and whatever um writing i really do need to like turn all the sound off and be on my own and i can have not been able to do that for a year now so i've gotten very little writing done and i, yeah, and I, was, I need yeah. yeah and my graphic graphic novels i'm working on too and also are coming along a little slowly i i can't think of a single person who isn't having similar problems. Yeah. Um, it took Ursula a while to adjust to not going to the coffee shop every day. Yeah, I write. know. That's that's when I write. It's much. It's very nice. I go to like the the painfully woke hipster coffee shop down the street, and <laughs> I get my oatmeal mocha, and I and I write with my hip earphones on, playing like soothing music, and that's that's like or without the earphones is good too. Oh. Anyway, I'm sorry. I miss coffee shops so much. I miss just sitting and yeah, writing, no. or sitting no. and drawing in a coffee shop, or sitting and doing literally anything at a coffee shop. Have you have you found like the apps or the, the the like YouTube channels that are nothing but like sounds of a coffee shop? Yes, yes. I've listened to coffee shop ASMR all the time <laughs> for my nerves. <laughs> I I can't write with. I don't think I can write with it though. I've tried it. I have to. I can draw with it. I can do other work with the uh, the coffee shop noises in the background. Jazz coffee, yeah, coffee shop with jazz music and rain is my preferred ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> jazz coffee 
was. Yeah, that is that is the hipster one with jazz music and rain. I know, well, the rain is important too, too. But uh, yeah, I've got like I do yoga too, and so now my YouTube thinks I'm just I, I like incredibly pathetic music. <laughs> it just wants me to listen to you like new wave music and new age music and like not new wave music. It wants me to listen to new age music and look at like Lululemon ads all the time. I'm so I sorry. I, I know. I feel like a, I, I feel like a stereotypical middle-aged woman, which I am. <laughs> All because I need my coffee shop noises. I, I, the the one advantage to my kids getting older was I could start listening to more of the music I really like, and so <laughs> like my YouTube like slowly shifted back into like, you know, here's this new metal band, and here's this. You know, here's all the tool and, you know, the stuff that I'm going to concerts for now when we get to go back to concerts. By the way, you can swear, and I was biting one off there. So, Aww, <laughs> Yeah, uh, my husband, Andrew, has um, he's always had a taste, a certain taste for dad music, and now he's old enough that all the music he likes is dad music. Oh, no. Dad <laughs> music? Yeah. Well, you know, he was he was always really into like like the Who and the Rolling Stones and stuff. Oh. But now, like, now Nirvana is also dad music. Actually, okay, anything, he's ever, anything he's ever listened to is dad music because he kind of stopped listening to music around 1999. Whereas oh. I never, I, I have always had terrible taste in music, so I've never liked anything cool. <laughs> and I've always, I've, I, I think, I've always listened to music and I'm always looking for new things. So it's always been sort of like. Like people are surprised. We're like, "Oh yeah, have you heard this band?" And they're like, "Dude, you're old." How do yeah, you know about I, this band, right? I, I, my tastes are really random, so I've, I am actually a little bit more up on like current music than you would think. On account, of, like with me being a forty-something nerd, because I just listen to things completely at random based on what seems interesting. Yeah. Well, as a now fifty-something nerd. Um, <laughs> I, I can say that that's the way to go, uh, but uh, I can't. I can't get into chip tunes. Everybody's like, like. I don't know what that is. See, I don't even know what that is. You're cool. Basically, than me. it's music composed in sort of the the style of eight bit video game music. Oh yeah, okay. Just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. Like you'd think it would, but no. Some of those, you know, like some of those video game music. Some is nostalgic and some is torture because. Yeah. It just reminds me of stuck on one level for three days straight, right? I actually do. Yeah, I actually think I have some of those. (laughs) (sighs) So, um, any other systems or habits or things? I I wish I had a really cool system, but I don't. I just work constantly. um, And I... I... You know, I work. I have worked. I work at thing something I like, and so you know, it's it's something I'm happy to do all the time. That's not so, that's not true of everyone. A lot of people would yeah. really be much happier separating work and everything else, and this would be a very stressful life for them. But I always need to do something with my hands. I always need to be concentrating on something. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, giving myself lots of projects is is helpful to me. <laughs> I understand that completely. And I'm not, says, I'm not, says, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really good at organization, but I've had to learn it just as a, you know, 
just as an essential skill to survive as a freelancer, because if you're, if you're your own boss, you have to be able to set yeah. deadlines for yourself and tell yourself what needs to be done when. And got the invoicing and all the paperwork <laughs> that goes with it and making sure your taxes are filed on time. Yeah, and, well, yes. Well, yes. we have, we haven't, we've had an, we've had an accountant for a long time just because doing your own taxes as a freelancer is awful. Uh, yes, we, we recently, um, after being together for I don't know how long and, and married, uh, what, 13 years now and married for, oh my God, it'll be eight years in June. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, we, um, but a couple years ago, we refinanced and put Ursula on the mortgage, which means now after, you know, being together for so long and married for that long, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess we have to marry, file, you know, file jointly now. That's right. Wow. You weren't fighting. Wow. You you weren't filing jointly? No. And so now it's like, okay, we can use the mortgage interest to chip away at that freelancer tax bill. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Better believe you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, this uh, is one of countless reasons we got an accountant like really early on because we would be terrible at this on our own. It's so oh, complicated. She'd, she'd had the accountant for years, and I was so used to doing my own, right? Because yeah. mine was simple. <laughs> yeah, our accountant just retired, so we'll have to see how his his apprentice does this year. Taking over. The apprentice has become the master. Okay, sorry, yeah, I can't help myself right. on that one. <laughs> um, so what does a typical day look like? Um, well, I get up, and I wish I could say I get up early, but I don't. I've been, I, I've been sleeping, like, embarrassingly late under COVID more and more. It's really bad. Um, but I get up and start working. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I get up and do some morning work on the computer, and um, I actually do yoga every day, which um, makes me sound like I've got my life a lot more together than I actually do. But I do, I do that, and that's actually been really, that's actually been really helpful under quarantine. So it's something I can do every day indoors. I and I just yeah. like use like yoga lessons on like YouTube and this um, this one Canadian website that I like, um, which is great because everyone's got pleasant like mild Canadian accents. And are you know working out in front of jelly lakes, um, but anyway, so I do that. I do that for like half an hour, and like take a shower, and then it's about lunchtime. And meanwhile, I've got a kid who's been who's going to school in like the same room <laughs> as, as as my husband and I are doing everything else. So yeah. it's that has been a real complication is um, just having our son home. He's six. He's in first grade, and oh, yeah. um, yeah, so we now have him. He's been home 24/7 for the last year, almost almost a year now, exactly. And um, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of living here, bouncing off the walls. He is very high energy. He does not like doing Zoom school. It turns, <laughs> out, turns out kids don't really like sitting in Zoom meetings all day. It's not Yee. not something they really are built for. And so he's just, yeah, um, that's a difficult situation. It's not fun. There's, there's yeah, no way around. I'm a little grateful that, like, one had graduated high school and lives with his mom in another state where he's working. And my youngest son was a senior in high school. Wow. So, yeah. yeah um, 
and you know he's a freshman in college, and the you know he lives socially distanced in the dorm with all the other freshmen, sort of, kind of. Um, From students. Yeah, but uh, it's it's but it's like yes, he gets food, he goes to his room. The day he has in-person classes. He goes to class, and then he goes, he's basically living in his room. I don't know why they're making me pay for a dorm room. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, just, yeah, the, yeah. Every, everything is terrible. Everything is terrible. What can I say? So, yeah, I think it'll probably get a lot easier yeah. in that far distant time that um, my kid can go to school again. And yeah. in the meantime, we're just distancing and working at home. It help. It does help that yeah. My husband is also at home, also working mm-hmm. from home. So we're both we're both on hand to take care of the boy. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know how I would. I don't know how anybody who's like the only parent at home on right now handles anything. There was really- yeah. It was I, I. I have to go with the I can only imagine sort of kind of because like when. I became a single parent, right, uh, in the divorce. That's actually about how old I think Jacob was at the time. Oh, right? yeah. So, yeah, so there was a big adjustment. Now I'm thinking, could I do that if they were here all, if both of them were here all the time? No, Just I would be living in the house, not going to yeah. school. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's ba- Yeah. I mean, it beats dying of the COVID, but it's not fun. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I, I believe me. the The alternative is worse. The alternative yeah. is worse. Yeah. And like the teachers um, are incredible. I feel bad the kid. I feel bad that my kid is not does not have a better attitude about Zoom school because the teachers are incredible. The teachers are incredible, and they're always they're working incredibly hard to make this work. <laughs> it's just not an ideal situation. And we're in a, our house is very small, so we're all in the same room doing this. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big oh, my difference. Desk, yeah. Like directly behind my desk here. <laughs> yeah, we all have our own rooms for that, so yeah, it, nope. that that certainly helps. Yeah. Um, but nope, we just we have like a sort of open plan. Our living room is now an open plan office. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you need do you need cube dividers? I bet there are a bunch kinda, like used. We kind of do, and actually, when we first moved into this house, like. A very large family was, had been living here before, and they actually did have like these portable cubicle dividers that they were using to like make a little bedroom out of part of the living room. Oh and I, I'm afraid I'm afraid we don't have those anymore. Yeah, check check the surplus sales for everybody yeah. who's like, well, we have all this extra stuff now for offices we're not going to. Yeah, well, I don't have that, and that's why, that's why I've got my coffee shop ASMR so I can pretend I'm not here. Here's your blanket fort classroom. Yep. Yeah. It has a uh, case right. new classroom and a blanket fort. There you go. Or a tent. Or a tent. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, school, lunch. Um, yep. Then back to work. More work. More work. <laughs> Afternoon Dinner outing. Work. Yeah. We, it's. It's actually not. I mean, it's not bad. We go we, and we go out every afternoon. We take a walk to get fresh air. Yeah. Um. Because that's that's essential to not going insane right now. And that's about it. Most of the time, just working all the time. I'm just never not doing something. 
I'm very, I'm very, I'm very comfortable right now because I'm not doing anything with my hands. It'd be good if I was drawing, oh. but I'm, I'm not. Do Do you need a fidget cube? Do you need to like run and I, get something? I, it's cool. I kind of do. I, I I think my my son might be the same way. We're thinking of getting him a fidget spinner because he has a lot of trouble just sitting and listening. In class. Oh, have you have you seen like the cubes that do all the different things? No. Hold on. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. I got. I keep them on hand because Ursula needs them, right? So it's this little cube, and it's got a little knob on top that you can spin and turn and push, and then it's got five buttons that go clicky, and then it's got um, some little, they're like the the lock things Uh on a, and the little ball bearing, and then a little circle here that goes around and around and a switch. It's just, and so you just sit here and like hold it under your desk and fiddle with it and keep your hand busy or whatever. And uh, it's been really helpful in keeping her on track when we're recording sometimes. Yeah, my kid makes himself things like that. He likes to build things. I'm very impressed because I'm not good at building things. Oh, I, yeah. I, I just draw and write all the time. Cool. Um, yeah. and, then yeah, I'm up late at night and, and I'm up late at night drawing and then I go to bed. Yeah, and it's, so that's so glamorous when I put it all, all out like that. I mean, I I have to fight the urge to become nocturnal too. <laughs> if I didn't have yeah. like East Coast coworkers I needed to talk to, it becomes really easy to be like, I just roll in around nine and roll out around you know eight or nine at night. Um, yeah, I would be even worse if I didn't have a kid because we have to be. We have to put him to bed, and then we have to be up in the morning to... Also, he gets up early. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, no. One problem is my kid doesn't sleep much. He's got a lot of energy. I cannot stress this enough. He go, he. We put him to bed at, like, 9, but he doesn't fall asleep until around 11. And we just hear him in there talking to himself or walking around. Sometimes he comes out and asks us questions and stuff because he has, like, no no shame about any of this. And then he's up at like, I don't know, seven or eight in the morning and is jumping on our bed. There was a, a, a glorious point there. there It was like a double edged sword because they'll reach a point, hopefully right around, you know, teenagerdom where suddenly they just want to sleep all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. I hit that point. And, I never got out. Yeah. The flip side is, though, that's also roughly the time they started communicating in nothing but grunts and yeah, eating well, everything available. That's true. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have the appetite yet, but he does have the, the bad attitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a very teenage six-year-old. <laughs> he really is. He's just talking back to us and sneering. He's got, like, he's got a toot, man. That's... Honestly, that's that's a lot of the six-year-olds I've I've I used to be a Cub Scout leader, <laughs> I have, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen all kinds like, of attitudes. Yeah, we can't we can't put him in any any groups right now. We can't put him in Scouts or athletics or anything. Like it's this yeah. is a really bad time for to have small children or to be a small child. But once once he's back to school, then then I'll get really productive. Maybe we'll talk then too. It's yeah. <laughs> um. So that brings us actually around to the next question. Um, what is 
the best advice you would give someone or and or the best advice you've been given? Wow. This you have gone mute, and I don't know if it's my internet or... <laughs> there you me? go. Yes. 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 Oh, my cat stepped on the key- my cat walked on the keyboard. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Post. It's okay. You can hit hotkeys that I don't didn't know existed. It's amazing. I. They're she on. Resets, she resets my Photoshop settings all the time. Yeah. I well. Um. So I've got this this Logitech keyboard and it has a print screen button. Uh huh. Which will take a screenshot, uh-huh. which is like. Sort of okay, but then, like, she'll, one of them, she at the moment, because it's Orange Cat, um, will, like, fall asleep and put their butt on the, on that button and just constantly take screenshots. Aww. She's creative. Yes. Okay. Uh, You know what? That's a positive spin, and I will put it there. Um. (laughs) Okay, okay. What was the question? (laughs) So the question was, what is uh, the best advice you would give someone and or or and the best advice you have been given? Best advice about productivity or the best advice about life in general? All of the above. (laughs) Daniel Pinkwater gave me gave me really good advice about writing. Uh, which was just to that you have to actually sit your butt down in front of the computer in order to write. He said that um, yes, the the way he writes is just sit down in front of um, a blank document on the computer. In the past, it would have been a typewriter, and just sit there. Learn to sit there for just an hour, and you don't have to write anything, but you can't do anything but write. And usually, you can start writing by the end of that time, and eventually, you got to the point where you could just sit for eight hours. And um, that was when writing was like that. That made writing a full time job. And that's useful. Linda Berry has a similar suggestion, which is that you actually write constantly for that time. You just put a pen down on paper and just keep writing and writing and writing and don't worry about whether it makes any sense. Either way, it's about just like forcing yourself to actually do the thing instead of finding reasons not to do the thing. And um, yeah, sitting in front of a blank uh, screen is, is how I usually write. Now, do you script uh, the comics? Um, the comics, I thumbnail out. Um, okay. I drew, yeah. I'm actually have a co-writer on Skin Horse, Jeff Wells, and he writes scripts. Um, I always do comic scripts by thumbnailing, and um, with, like the graphic novels, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of writing graphic novels right now. Like I said, the first one's coming out this spring, and I've sold another one, but I don't know when that will actually come into existence. Um, but those, I thumbnail out the whole thing, and then. You go back and do the dialogue like the Marvel method. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get thing, I'll get things laid out visually and then like tweak exactly what characters are saying. Right. Um, before I was writing, okay. it's just sitting in front of a screenwriting. Okay. Cool. Um, any other advice? Wow, oh, this is so hard. Um, all of my advice, I, I, I'm very bad about giving advice because I feel like I can't do anything but tell people how to be more like me, and they probably don't want to be more like me. They probably want to be more like themselves. 
And I, I don't I don't necessarily have advice for this. This is one of the re- one of many reasons I'm not a Greek teacher. I've tried I've, <laughs> I've, taught, I've taught from time to time, and um, I always I always feel like um, maybe you don't actually need any information that I have, which is not a good attitude for a teacher to have. But but the words you know don't be like me be be more like yourselves. I, that's a powerful statement though. It is, but I can't. I, I I don't know if I have any further advice along those lines. I'm 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 pretty good at being myself without trying very hard, but um, you know, I don't know how to be other people. No, that's fair. That's fair. My my big advice for productivity is to wear pants every day, and I'm not kidding. Oh oh, yeah. That you. So yeah, you get up, you get dressed like you're going to do work, and then you work, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm now I've yeah. now gotten lazy sweatpants instead of jeans but um you know i'm dressed anyway i mean i get up every morning and yeah go through the same morning routine i would have used if i had to drive into an office and i haven't driven into an office uh for 10 years because i work i've worked from home for 10 years so but no you gotta if i don't do that i can't get in the right mindset yeah, I know there are people who like to like make the bed every day, and that feels like they've started towards like creating some sort of order in our chaotic universe. And it's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You have to get into, the, into a, a space where you feel like you're working. But then yeah. again, I've kind of I've kind of gotten around that by just never not working. I mean, that's one like, way to do it. <laughs> not everybody wants to do that though, so I can't recommend yeah. it. This is what I'm talking about. I can tell people what I do, but they might not want to do that. So maybe they don't uh, want to draw web comics constantly. Yeah. So the, for those of you listening at home, this is where you know we start hammering in the. You need to take breaks sometimes. You need to step yeah. away, take that vacation. Yeah. I. Oh, that's another thing I miss under COVID: taking vacations. Oh, oh God. Wait, that's All why we go out. the conventions. Yeah, but that's that's what actually I would. It's been a long time since we took a vacation that was not actually some kind of convention or work trip. Um, and that would be a wonderful thing to do. But, um, yeah, that's Managed what we to we, combine the two, yeah. Yeah, we do, but um, I would like to have a trip that I'm just where I'm just taking a trip. It's been, it might have been over a decade since that happened. Oh, I don't like to think about that. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we do. Like I, like I said earlier, we go out for like a walk every day and go to the park mm-hmm. or go somewhere because um, otherwise we would go get cabin fever real bad. Yeah. And you just you have to let your brain rest. Yes, I have to get my afternoon coffee and go out for a walk. <laughs> All right, you ready for the last two? Oh, no. Yeah. Keep going. No, I was just gonna say my husband's out with the kid right now, but when he comes home, you will have my coffee for me. Oh, right and on. Then we, and then we will take a walk. And I've so got all of work. the six or ten different ways to make coffee in the house now. And Ursula's like, I don't care, just just make a K cup. That's all I need is the K cup. I like I, I only like I only like like fancy espresso drinks. I like to get a mocha, and oh, I don't yeah. have an espresso. I don't have an espresso machine, so like COVID, like it was really bad in early quarantine when I could not get my mocha. But um, now I have a mocha pot, which is not, um, which is like a little tiny, a little tiny coffee pot oh, yeah. that makes little shots of espresso. It's the best thing in the world. It costs like fifteen bucks, and um, I, that's how I make yeah. it at home. We will not 
go into my large list of all of the things I have to make coffee um, right now. We can go through after we're done with the discussion. <laughs> I've got um, my tiny little my tiny little espresso like pseudo espresso pod. It's so it's such a cute little thing. Anyway, I love them. They're great. Yeah, that's no. the best thing I've gotten under quarantine. Um, that's my best right. product. Be cool. Caffeinate, baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here is the and I do them in this order so that we can end on a happy note, or at least that's what people advise me to do um uh, so the sad but typically easy question okay the penultimate question yes how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal it doesn't you know um i don't mind as much nowadays because i've now done so like free, doing being a freelance writer or artist or any kind of like creator is going to be mostly rejection unless you're very amazing or very lucky so um, early on, that would have been like devast- a devastating blow to the ego every time. But now, usually, it's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I have for my actually the great thing about web comics also is that there's no rejection because I'm just putting things up on a website. No one can stop me. Right. Um, but you know when I'm submitting work for publication, obviously that's going to be a lot of rejections. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have a giant spreadsheet. Here, there we go. This is the one thing I keep spreadsheets on. Well, two things. My, fi- my okay. I keep a spreadsheet for my book sales for financial stuff because right. you need to um, to pay taxes. And I keep a spreadsheet of um, all, my short, all the short stories I've written and the submissions I've made for them. And then I carefully check in if I've got like a rejection or, or an acceptance or, you know, never heard back or whatever. And it's now just this giant spreadsheet that's like 70% rejections. But it's 30% acceptances. And almost every story I've written has been published somewhere. Um, So, you know. Yeah. So, So, you know. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you you have the thing where it color codes them? Or do you just not want to see it in that light? Oh yeah, I have it color coded. I actually wait. I think I, I think I just have those acceptances in green. And um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a vast sea of rejection with um, just a few acceptances, but the acceptances are are very are more important. Yeah, yeah. rejections don't really mean anything. I only have a Ooh. few stories I haven't sold right now, and they're tough sa- and they're they're tough sales. So I don't know if I will manage to sell them. I've got one I really like, but nobody seems to like it. So then one that's I, just uh, this. I like what Ursula's attitude is at this point. She's like, nobody wants to buy it. Fine, I'll self-publish it. It'll be fine. Well, she's she's really good anyway. I mean, she's she does really great anyway. She doesn't have any concerns. I am I am in awe. No, there's there's a constant <laughs> fear of maybe this one won't sell. Maybe this one will be a flop. Maybe now I'll have to go be a medical test subject and I'll die in a ditch next to Walmart. And I keep trying to get her to think bigger, like dying in the ditch next to Target instead of the Walmart. But yeah, that's way classier. Yeah. Our Target um, is like, like right next to a Panera Bread, so you know you get a snack. You get a bread oh, bowl. Oh yeah, no. You die in the ditch yeah, eating I... your bread bowl. See, look, eat it. Yeah, like look on the bright side. 
<laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, also alternately, yeah. So I mean, I, I've kind of like, I can't believe I managed to get a thick skin of rejection because I'm like the most thin-skinned person in the world. But um, at this point, it's it's okay. Alternately, I could just drink a lot. Okay, yeah, that works. I did used to always get drunk when I was doing like re- when I got revisions from an editor because I couldn't like felt felt like I couldn't look them direct at them directly. Yes. It was very intimidating to see somebody's revisions on my work. Did they, did, did you have to, like, they sent for NERC, for, for Ursula's first major published book, they sent back paper edits with the little shorthand marks on it. Oh, yeah. Which she had never seen before in her life. Yeah. And was like, uh what is this? And they're like, oh, that's the edits. And she's like, uh, unfortunately we have a, a friend who's a, uh, she had a friend who's a novel writer who's like, let me get you the cheat sheet and teach you how this works. Ha uh, Well, little do you know, I'm also an editor, so I know all the proofers' marks. Bum, bum, bum. I have so, I, yeah, they don't even realize I was an editor all along. Oh no! Um. No. Yeah, which is probably another key to, like, not feeling too bad about rejection, because I've... Okay, I'm an editor for Viz, but I've also done editing for um, comics anthologies and sites and things. Um, So I kind of know how the process works from the other side, and I know intellectually at least, I know better than to take it too personally. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many reasons so they can get rejected. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I I think it's it's something you kind of have to get used to. Um, yeah. And once you realize that it's not a personal attack every single time, it's. I, I can't. I really can't believe talking to you that I've gotten to the point that I don't take it as a personal attack every single time because I'm like that. But I've kind of gotten over it. I've finally yeah. gotten over it after years and years of doing this. Uh, I applaud. Awesome. Thank you. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> Other side, what is typically the difficult but happy question? Do Uh-oh. you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? Um, I usually drink a lot. This is gonna be my, this this is by actually my secret answer to almost everything. It's drinking a lot. Um, I did a <laughs> thing for a while with um, with my short story sales. I started doing a thing, although I haven't sold a short story in a little while, and my last one wasn't really great for it for this. But um, I should have anyway. For a while, I was doing a thing where I would cook a meal themed to the story. Um, I like to cook. <laughs> so um, I cook, I sold a story that was um, called um, The Best Scarlet Ceremony Ever. And it's like a cross between The Wicker Man and um, a middle grade like YA novel from the 70s. And... Um, it's you know it's like a teen coming of age. it's like a it's a heartwarming teen coming of age story um set on like you know a, a human sacrifice folk horror island and so I made a meal of just like um I, I made like a, a sol- summer I think a sol- summer solstice meal um to go with it of all things um that they would be eating on the island and um I also wrote a story um I saw a story called You Came to the Tower. Which is actually oddly not a funny story. I, I have one of my rare non-funny stories, and it's um, set on a on a self-sustaining um, space station in 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 space, obviously. 
and um, where there's just two two teenage girls who are running the place and they're the only survivors. And um, that one is like a cross between um, we have always lived in the castle and you came to the castle to very different, but surprisingly similar books. Anyway, I made a meal for that one of all foods that were grown on the space station. So I kept doing that for a while. I should get back to doing that. I like one of the stories I sold most recently was um, a horror story um, based on the uh, the true story of the um, the corpse bride of key of uh, the Florida Keys. So I should oh, make yeah like, yeah yeah, I, which is a horrifying story. Um, so I should make like I should do like a Florida um, like a Florida Keys dinner for that. Ah, yeah. I should have like a, yeah, that would be. Yeah, I should have like a Florida Keys taco night for that. But yeah, that's um, that's one celebration. So yeah, that that actually puts you ahead of a lot of people. There, that is often a difficult question for people. They're like, yeah, I really should do that, or you know, maybe I'll go woo in the kitchen and come back and then go back to work. Um, no, go feel like it's a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, when. When uh, Ursula sold, I think it was Dragon Breath. We we were just like, yeah. let's go for you know, let's let's go for a big special meal, and we went yeah. out to the Brazilian steakhouse, or as we like to call it, the meat faucet. So, my gosh, Brazilian a place I would not go to now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually went to uh, one of those places. Went to Key West, and man, that is good. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was there was one that was actually really good walking distance from the company headquarters in Bellevue, Washington, that became something else. So it was like about once a quarter I'd be out there and it'd just be like, I'm gonna go meet some friends at the meat faucet and uh, <laughs> the meat faucet. I mean, you know, you turn it on, meat pours onto your plate, you flip the thing to off, and the meat stops. Come on. <laughs> I'm in Berkeley, and there are a lot of good restaurants, and I miss all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I can't wait to have an excuse to get back out there, so. Um, I've never been everything. to, like, a really, I've never been to, like, a really high-end, like, gourmet ghetto-type restaurant around here. Um, like oh, there's so many. Something. I know, and I've never, I've never done that, because, you know, I'm poor. But I feel like maybe after, maybe after quarantine, these days, I will actually splurge in a fancy butt restaurant. Yeah, I, I think we're 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 like we we don't even want to go into like a fancy restaurant where people have sat down to eat right now because no, it's just like how, how can you do this? Yeah, no, um, we wouldn't. Right, except people around here are. Yeah, people, yeah. people everywhere are. It's disturbing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So we're we're trying to figure that out. Yeah, my other productivity tip is don't expose yourself to deadly diseases on purpose. Yeah, please don't. That out there for people. Bad all around, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's everything. Thank uh, you so much for talking to me. Oh, yeah, Um, no, absolutely. Um, All right, tell us where to find all your stuff. Okay, well, because I have a weird made-up name, I was able to get the URL. So you can actually go to shanon.com. That's S-H-A-E-N-O-N.com. And that has links to most of my other work. Um, my main webcomic right now is Skin Horse, and that's skin-horse.com. And Narbonic is 
unsurprisingly, narbonic.com. And uh, those would be, those would be the main, the main ones. And again, I'm really looking forward to the graph, my, my graphic novel with Chris Baldwin, um, the dire days of Willow Wheat Manor coming out in the spring. It's not available yet, but I think it's available for pre-order on like Amazon and stuff. So you can I'll check that. Put that link on. If there's a pre-order link, I'm linking it. Don't worry. You bet. Thanks. <laughs> um, and uh, the socials, if people want to follow you on the socials. On the socials, I'm mostly just on Twitter, and I am Shane and Garrity at Twitter. Just Shane and Garrity, one word, and that is the first. That was that was when I realized social media had gotten huge, because that was the first website I'd ever been on where I couldn't just be Shane, and there was already a Shane. And yes, and it wasn't Shannon McGuire. <laughs> no, that, she's got a completely different, unusually spelled variation on this name. I know, I know. Um, we want to do a panel together someday where it's nothing but people whose names are like misspelled Shannon. There's like, there's a lot of us. <laughs> that would be that the, the only thing I can think of would be better is if, if we got both of you, uh, two Shannons and an Ursula. <laughs> well, Ursula's got a cool name. I, except no one knows how to spell it. Really? Like and a normal- everybody, Name like people have, and it's not like it's it's not like it's like not well known in the sci-fi community. And it was, uh, but it was also, you know, um, it was great until the Little Mermaid came out. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it because I'm just thinking about that name because like one of those little Twitter memes went around asking like what what subject would you be prepared to speak on for like half an hour, and I said like. Um, all of the euphemistic names for bears that different languages have, so the bear doesn't hear its name and come get you. But yeah. Ursula's name actually does is like based on the root word for bear. So like every time you say your oh, yeah. name, there's danger that you're going to get eaten by bears because they're going to hear that and come come running. No, no, I'll get eaten by bears. <laughs> the bear will then give her wishes. Yeah, that is exactly. We what know this is how it works. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much. Okay, well, thank you for talking to me. Yeah, no, anytime. And, um, you know, anytime you want to come back or chat or whatever, just give us a shout. Sure, that's great. It's like it's great to, like, meet you and speak to you. And, uh, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. I'm really glad that I had a chance to sit down and talk to Shannon. It was amazing. And I hope someday after all of this is over, waving my arms in the air like you do, uh, we can meet up maybe at a a con or something because um, it would be great to actually, you know, hang out in person, person. Uh, But I think a lot of people are saying that these days. So, hey, I need a word this week, and I have just the one, and it is mocha pot.
Yes, Mocha Pot, the amazing coffee device that Shannon uses and I occasionally use when I'm feeling fancy to make coffee. Uh, and yeah, uh, you can take that word and you can go to productivityalchemy.com. You can type it into the amazing badge code box and get yourself a badge for the episode. Uh, you can find out more about badges at productivityalchemy.com. And there's a whole badge how-to. There's a whole bunch of stuff about it for you to check out. And then that brings us to our next to last item. I guess really, yeah, it's our next to last item, which yes, is... Yes, if you are on the website, you can find ways to support us. But as we always say at this point, or at least have been for like the past few months, yeah. we're doing fine. We're great. We're good. Uh, all is well. I just had a book come out. You can buy the book if you wanted to support us. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's Paladin's Strength. I suggest you read Paladin's Grace first, but Paladin's Strength, it's out. You can buy it wherever fine books are sold. Uh, order it through your independent bookstore if you want. Yes. Buy it on, on Amazon. It's all really, you know, I get the same mm -hmm. amount of money. I just want you to be able to get the book conveniently. Uh, anyway, however, if you would like to give money, uh, we have mentioned this charity before, but Adopt an Elder. This mm -hmm. is uh, anelder.com or dot, is it com or org? I think it's org. An org yeah. Yes. Uh, hound, you are so up in my face. They do not need to adopt a hound, okay? Hound may be elderly now, but hound <laughs> does not need adoption. Anyway, this is for uh, uh, lots and lots of Native Americans suffer, particularly elders, suffer uh, serious food insecurity. Mm -hmm. And this program was originally, you know, basically connecting people uh, with uh, uh, people who needed food, but has gone more sort of broad-based uh so their goal is to basically get everybody who is food insecure in uh, a, on, in reservations on a couple of states a uh, gift card for like a hundred bucks at their local grocery store uh, every month or so. And it's just, you know, I, maybe it's month, maybe it's weekly. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I have the I, website yeah. in front of me. The point is they're doing good work in the, the most basic way that humans can do good work which is finding the people who are hungry and getting them and, and feed them and feed them well i better give them the money or the the whatever so they can go get food yes. you know they know what they need they uh, they just need help doing it because uh, a lot of these people live very far from water and uh uh things and you know there's a whole bunch of, of charities like this but adopt an elder very good ratings on Charity Navigator. You never hear anything, you know, right. terrible about them. So uh, go check them out. You don't, uh, uh, if you are an introvert like me, while they used to emphasize the sort of face-to-faceness, you don't actually have to talk to another person. You can just give them money in general and be like, please give this to someone who needs it. And they will be like, we got you. So yep. go make sure somebody has uh food and i say this now because basically uh they're trying to they have to get uh all of the uh food run and whatnot orders in for elders in arizona uh by march 15th they have a little bit longer and i think utah it's mm -hmm. like april 15th so yeah this is a good time to do it that's a great time all right uh and that's it for this week uh i want to thank 
uh, Shannon for agreeing to appear on the show. I want to thank everybody out there who's listening for all the kind words on Twitter, for the emails. Uh, we do have a letters show next week. So uh, you have a chance to get your letter or comment read uh, on the show uh, or, you know, answer a question if you have a question for me. We'll do our best. you have a question for me? Yeah. I answer questions. You do. Often badly, but I will try. That's okay. Uh, If you have a question for Hound, we will answer it for Hound. Yes, most of it's pet me, um, pet me, me, hug me, feed feed me. me. Yes. Yeah. So I hope everybody is doing their best uh, and that no matter what it looks like, you're able to stay productive. Yes, Hound, you were very productive today. She's produced some things, that's for sure. Yes.